This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hi friends and welcome back to another episode of Open House, a fresh, fun and real podcast where I, Louise Rumble, invite you inside the therapy room with me to learn from some of the very best psychologists, therapists and sex and intimacy coaches that I have found. No topic is off the table, no question too juicy and no experience too shameful. At Open House, everyone is welcome. And we're on a mission to develop a new mental health experience for all because we believe that true happiness is coming home to yourself under the layers and layers of you that society has told you to be. As ever, please remember that this podcast is for entertainment purposes only and you should always seek professional medical help when necessary. Now, let's get into it and I'll see you on the other side. Hi, my honeys. I am so excited to drop this episode on the main feed. Now, if you are part of our Open House Premium subscription, you get four bonus episodes every month. Access to the whole back catalogue of bonus episodes, Q&As, soundbite sessions, our community room, the house, access to a room with guaranteed answers from therapists. There's just so much you get. But you also get access to something called voice notes from Lou. Now, these are one of my favorite things and everyone in the house was like, we love them. We need more of them. It literally just sounds like we're having a friend voice note us. So I decided that when the time comes, I'm just going to whip out my phone. Haven't got a dick, so I can't whip out my dick. That's just normally like what comes at the end of that sentence, isn't it? Oh God, sorry. I couldn't whip out my phone. I mean, I could whip out my phone. Oh my God, I really threw myself off balance here. Basically, voice notes from Lou is when you just get the inside track and I just voice note you about something that I think is really fun, really important, something that I've learned, something that I've learned in therapy, something that's going on in my life. Whatever it is, I'm like, you guys, you need to know about it. And today is literally no different. So I hope you guys love today's episode. It's one of the favorite things I have recorded in as long as I can remember. If you want to get more like this, come and head over to our Supercast. It's linked in the show notes. It connects directly into your Spotify or your Apple podcast. So like literally nothing changes. You just get all of the bonus content too. I hope you guys love this. I'm really sorry about the big swinging dick comment. That was just so unnecessary. I'm going to keep it in though because... It's a voice note from Lou. Today's episode is sponsored by Lilybod. Keep listening for your code to get 30% off the entire collection by being a listener of Open House wherever you are based in the world. Lilybod is an Australian designed activewear brand that I've been wearing since 2015, so coming up for nearly a decade. It's dynamic, modern and seriously high quality. And when I tell you that the pieces from 2015 that I still own still look new, I can guarantee that they work for everything and everyone. And I have 100% faith in this brand. 
From your healing girl walk to your hit class, from weight training to Pilates, picking the kids up from school or rushing to therapy, or even out for your third iced coffee of the day. Even though we know we're only supposed to have one, Lilybod has something for everyone. From the perfect core collection leggings that look amazing with a baseball cap to oversized sweats, tracksuits, the cutest cycling shorts and amazing rib tanks. I love it all. But what I love most about this brand is that their focus this year is to share the word around how physical health is just one part of the puzzle to feeling your best. They understand that mental health starts from within and I love that they're the brand that supports me as I navigate this beautiful thing called life, whether I'm having a good day a bad day, or a I need to call my therapist day. Use code OPENHOUSE at checkout for 30% off. And if you're in our community area, you'll get a crazy 40% off too. I love you guys. See you on the other side. Hi, my honeys. Welcome back to another Voice Notes by Lou. Now I've actually already started this one. And I was like, I'm going to go for dinner. I took myself on a dumpling date. Never said those two words together in my life. I took you guys on a dumpling date and I was like, I'm going to go on a solo date and I'm going to sit and record a voice note for you guys because this voice note is one I've been thinking about for honestly like a week and I've been working my note, reworking my note. So I was like, tonight's the night. Tonight is the fucking night, solo date, dumplings and a voice note from Lou talking about what to do when your boyfriend or girlfriend is liking other people's pictures on Instagram. Okay, we're going to get into it. But I already got into it. And the problem was, is that I was literally sat on the side of a road in Mexico. And not only was I being bitten by mosquitoes, I was also literally every five seconds, I got the hiccups, a motorbike was going past. And then on top of that, I, I got like a dumpling soup. And basically, I was just slurping all over the shop and I was trying to eat it with chopsticks, a spoon. I was like, can someone just give this girl a fork? It was messy. I got through it, but I was like, do you know what? This is like not the conducive environment for me to record a voice note. And I was like worried about the sound quality. So I'm back home now. The cat has just spilled coffee all over my new shorts that literally match with the t-shirt. So that is so annoying in the bin, Saber. You are in the bin. Anyway, today we are getting into what to do when your boyfriend, when your girlfriend is liking other people's pictures on Instagram. Now, this is like a real life scenario that's come to me. It's a real life issue. A friend came to me with it. She's a little bit younger. She was like, Louise, you know the answers to everything. I was like, I do not. And this is one thing that I actually do not know the answers to. Like. It's something that I've thought about a lot before. We have spoken about it before on the podcast very briefly. I have touched on it on TikTok. It's a confusing topic. Like, where is that line between this is my boundary and you're disrespecting me by liking photos of other women, of other men on Instagram? And the flip side of that boundary, which was that if I was secure or if I was secure in my relationship or if I trusted you, this should be a minor, minor thing and it shouldn't even be a problem. And then there's that kind of in-between discomfort, uncomfortable ground, which is like, I'm sensitive. Like, I'm a sensitive soul. If you're anxiously attached, you definitely fit in that sensitive soul group because these things like upset you more than most. 
So I kind of was like, I'm going to get my girl an answer. Like I need to get her a proper answer. Now I've taken quite a long time to like work out a framework here that I genuinely think is like the most helpful thing that I have come across. Okay, now, first of all, I think you need to assess the relationship, but I actually want you to go deeper than that. I want you to assess their character. So I've come up with three boxes and I want you to put your partner in one of these boxes because overall, the quality of your relationship beyond the Instagram liking and what they're like as a person, you know, how they, do they trust you? Do they respect you? Do they communicate with you? How is your emotional connection? How is your communication? How do they make you feel? How do they make you feel when you bring things to them that feel uncomfortable? Do they push back on it? Do they gaslight you? Do they, are they defensive? Do they say there's literally no issue or do they care for you? So like assessing the relationship, but ultimately assessing their character is really, really important. I think that can really help you decide if this is a you problem or a them problem. So I want you to basically think about your relationship. Initially, what springs to mind? Like, is it good? You're pretty happy. Is it good? You're pretty good. You trust them. Or are there red flags? And, you know, have they maybe been a previous offender? Hopefully not an actual criminal. I'm meaning more like a previous emotional offender. I have broken this down into three characters. So number one, Now, I really wanted to call this one the no drama llama because I was like, that is fucking jokes. But I don't think like you, yeah, I mean, they kind of would be the no drama llama because you just don't have a lot of drama in your relationship. But what we're going to put them into is like the respectful king slash queen category. Category number one, the no drama llama. So that's generally you have a pretty good relationship. Generally, it's pretty low drama generally they've never disrespected you generally they respect you they love you they communicate with you that is the first character now that's not to say that you can have tiny little bits of things here and there but i'm talking generally okay that is character one the no drama llama now character two they have some little red flags so maybe they've previously been defensive when stuff's happened and they haven't like taken your thoughts and your feelings on board Maybe they've not really cared about how you feel. Perhaps they've done things in the past, like they've engaged with thirst traps or you've seen that their explore page is like full of the gender that they're attracted to because like the explore page doesn't lie. And honestly, I love my boyfriend even more if he ever gets up his explore page. It's literally football and cats. I'm like, fuck, you are a good egg. I am so grateful for you. But yeah, character two, little red flags, like nothing major, couple of things going on here and there, but like stuff that you you can't ignore. Character three, the previous offender. So this is like the big things, like they've withheld stuff from you, they have cheated on you, they have disrespected you. Maybe you know that they have been very disrespectful or cheated in a previous relationship. And I am a huge believer as an ex-cheater in being able to not be labeled with once a cheater, always a cheater, because wow, when I became a healthier person and understood why I was cheating when I was younger, I realized why I would never do it ever again. My point being though, is that like in this relationship, if they cheated on you, they've disrespected you, that is really important because they get put in category three the previous offender. So remember right now we're in like question one of this analysis. So assess your relationship and assess their character. 
Work out generally how the relationship feels to you and work out what kind of character they are. Because for me, this helps us understand whether this is like an issue that is potentially indicative of their personality traits, the way that they treat you, potentially a deeper problem within the relationship, or whether it's a relatively minor concern in an otherwise healthy partnership. Now, at no point in this voice note, in this home truth, am I ever going to tell you that it's a fully you problem? Like it is very, very important that you know in any relationship, if something upsets you, yes, it might be a you thing. Yes, it might be coming from your sensitivity. Yes, it might be becoming, yes, it might be, why can't I talk? Yes, it might be coming from your previous wounds. But that doesn't mean that you have to handle it in silence because in a healthy relationship, you should be able to bring it to the table, discuss it openly. And you can do that with some level of ownership around saying, this has come up for me. It feels really sensitive. And I know this sounds a bit silly. I just wanted to ask what your intention was behind this. Can we talk about it? Anyway, we're going to get into that later in the episode, like how to broach these things. But the first thing is assess the relationship and put their character into one of three boxes. So you can understand where you are on the sliding scale of need to set a hard and fast boundary that has to be respected or need to be aware that this is probably coming from some level of insecurity within you. Okay, so that is question one. Assess their character and assess the relationship. Now, second, I want you to assess the context of the liking. So once again, if they are doing something that makes you feel uncomfortable, That's okay. You don't have to suppress that. But assessing the context of the liking, I think, is really, really important. So ask yourself, what's the type of content that they're engaging with? Like, is it harmless and unrelated to romantic or sexual interests? What I mean by that, is it provocative or sexy, what they are liking? Is it a thirst trap? Because I don't think that that is ever really acceptable to like when you're in a relationship. On the other end of the spectrum, you've got, I guess, harmless or totally unrelated to romantic or sexual interests. Like you can engage with someone that is purely based on friendship or being within the same friendship group or just like hitting a like here or there. Now, I don't think that that necessarily needs to be punished, so to speak, but I do think there are some really important questions to ask. You know, is it a provocative or a sexy picture? Because like, uh uh-uh, no, that's not cool. And what's the frequency? Is it like one or is it like every picture they ever post? Uh-uh. And I guess in between this continuum of like friends, you then go down that into like, like friends of friends and then you get into acquaintances and then you get into strangers. So I think working out where on that spectrum it sits is also really important. Now, we really have to like not have double standards here because I actually do have a number of guy friends who are really, really good friends of mine, particularly one guy. He is a straight man. I'm a straight, most of the time, woman. And if he posts a picture in, I was going to say a bikini. I mean, he does actually wear budgie smugglers, which like, I'm sorry, not a fan. does make me feel a tiny bit sick. Reminds me of all of those horrendous, boys, I was going to say men, but literally boys at university that like are on the rugby team and they're just like, oh, traumatized me. Literally the rugby team traumatized me so badly. Anyway, 
if he posted a picture like he's a CrossFit athlete, if he posted a picture with his bod out, would I get, would I give it a hit? Of course I fucking would. That's my best friend. That's my boy. Is there any intention behind it? Nothing. It's me saying, I love you. You look great. You work for that body. Go fucking get it. If my boyfriend saw that, would he be jealous? I don't think so. If my boyfriend was jealous, I would genuinely say to him, that is one of my closest friends. You just can't feel weird about that. But that also means that if my boyfriend is to like one of his best friend's pictures in a bikini, who's a woman, I have to be okay with that too. And I absolutely would be okay with it because I would know that there is no sexual whatever between him and her, much like he would know that's the same for me and my best guy friend. Now, I think where things get a little bit more difficult is when you get into like the wider friendship group, the friends of friends, the acquaintances, or the strangers. Because this is where it feels like you don't really know them. So why are you liking their picture? Now, in this situation, if they're liking a thirst trap, that's just a hard no for me. You don't know this person. You're in a relationship. Cut it out. So if they're like a friend or in the friendship group, I think it's absolutely fine for them to like whatever they want, unless it is anything that is even vaguely sexual or provocative. Like even if you are in the happiest, most stable relationship, which I would say like I'm nearly in, I still just like don't know if I'd ever be like, that's 100% fine with me because I actually think that it is some level of like mark of respect and also claiming your partner because one would argue that like by dropping those little likes, it's kind of saying like, hey, hey, like, I like what I see. Even if it's like the tiniest, most casual, I like what I see. Do you know what I mean? If you are not like good friends with them and it's a sexy picture, that for me is a no. Now, I'm not going to get into like liking bikini models, Emrata, Alex all her stuff on Instagram because honestly, so many people like that stuff that like, it is nothing. And I have always said, however, that like, there is nothing like less attractive than a man with hot ass, sticky, grubby fingers that's going to literally like be dropping likes all over Instagram. Like that for me is the sign of a, I guess like low value man. Because if you're in your wounded masculine, it basically means that you just have this sexual desire and really like no sexual discipline. So it's kind of like you're driven by like lust and like, your dick or your pussy, if we're going to like say that, that sounds so vulgar. I'm so sorry. Yeah, that is just like, for me, it's a little bit weird. And I think there also is the arg- like the argument, I nearly forgot that word, that it's a little bit of an addiction, like addicted to the, th- like the thrill. I was going to say the thrush. No, not addicted to the thrush. No one wants to be addicted to the thrush. That is not a vibe. More like an addiction to the thrill, like the dopamine here of like putting out there, looking at them and then like, this vision and this fantasy that one day Alex Earl might like see the like on on their picture and then like reply. I mean, that's literally never going to happen. So yeah, for me, like if I did have a boyfriend who was literally following tons of random women, I would not be cool with it. I actually think that's a gross sign. Like I, I once dated this guy. I was really, really hung up on him like really hung up on him. He was like the definition of avoidant. He sold me a dream. But like, if you went through his Instagram, who he follows, it's actually embarrassing. 
there's like no men in there. I'm like, are you okay? Like, are you actually okay in the head? Because this is just like not okay behavior. Like the fact that every time you open your Instagram, it is full of like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of women, women you know, women you don't know, women you've met all around the world. Like that for me, that is a red flag. That is a red flag of avoidance. That is a red flag of just like chasing women, dopamine hits. Like no, that for me is a big, big no. Bring it back to question two. So, you know, what is the type of content they're engaging with and who, like what category does it fit into? Friends, friends of friends, acquaintances or strangers. This is really important. Make sure you know what category it fits into. Next, I want you to assess the impact it has on you. So you can't do this when you're triggered. You can't do this when you're having a meltdown. You need to do this in like a calm, quiet moment in between. And we don't, we don't get a lot of calm moments these days in reality and in life because just dopamine hits all over the place and it's scrolling and it's TikTok and it's Instagram and it's emails and it's work and it's friends and it's just relentless. But what I need you to do is I need you just to sit with yourself for like five hot minutes. Can you do that? Because like you have to. Maybe just make it one minute, okay? Turn your phone off, put a timer on, 60 seconds and ask yourself, how do I feel and where does it show up in my body? Now, this is somatic therapy. This is somatic healing. This is understanding that emotions trigger physical feelings within us. And by doing this, you can start to realize like underneath that feeling, what is there? Are you feeling like they are going to abandon you? Are you feeling like they are going to reject you? Do you fear that you're not good enough? Do you fear that you're not pretty enough, sexy enough, handsome enough? Do you fear that your body is not good enough or you need to be looking a certain way because that's the kind of people that they're interacting with online? Do you fear that you're going to be replaced? Do you fear that you're just not good enough? Like they wanted to choose someone else and they ended up with you. Does it trigger comparison? Like you compare yourself in day-to-day life and then all of a sudden they are literally providing you with like a direct comparison to other people. Do you feel like your partner's going off you? Do you feel like they're losing sexual or emotional attraction to you? There are so many things that can underlie this fear and a lot of the time it relates back to shadow work and it relates back to triggers and wounds that we sustained a long time before this current partner started liking someone else's Instagram pictures. I was about to say some loser guy or loser girl, but the truth is often they're not losers that they're interacting with. Sometimes they're even our friends or their friends and it just makes us feel jealous. Now, in terms of shadow work and the wounds that can like lie underneath all of this, there's a ton of stuff, which is why if you can get into therapy to go through this, it will be amazing for you. If not, that's why I'm here. That's why we're here. That's why the Open House Therapists are here. Let's run through some of them. So for example, the more natural one is like abandonment. So maybe in your childhood, you had a parent who was leaving or they left or they were always leaving and you weren't sure when they were coming home. Maybe you had them kind of neglect your emotional or physical needs. So you just had this deep-seated fear that the person that was there physically or emotionally or the person that's supposed to love you actually didn't love you enough to be around, to stay around, to stick around. 
And that really can be a big driver between these fears that we hold later in life. And that fear might manifest as a fear of infidelity because ultimately a fear of infidelity is a perceived threat to security and emotional connection. If you didn't feel safe in your emotional connection, particularly with, say, a father figure in childhood, then that can show up as an abandonment wound in adulthood. Maybe the wound that you have underlying everything is betrayal. Maybe you saw your father never coming home. Maybe you saw him coming home sporadically. Maybe he would come home drunk. Maybe your mom wouldn't know who or where he was. You know, these instances of like emotional betrayal and lack of security in childhood can also lead to us having an ingrained fear that our partners in life, you know, they are going to do that to us as well. And we are so scared of that feeling that we experienced as a child ever coming back that we basically want to control everything because if we control everything, then we don't have to experience that pain again. That can lead to heightened vigilance of like any tiny, tiny, tiny moments or being, you know, highly sensitive to potential signs of infidelity. Hold on, my boyfriend just messaged me. Let's see what he has to say. Okay, I'm back. He was just saying, yeah, my babe. (laughs) She's so cute. We are trying to do a, we're trying to sign the 700th tenancy agreement in Tulum in the last two years. Like we are moving house again. I'm not even fucking joking. We are legitimately moving house again. Anyway, I digress. I was at like a very, very good point of my download of my um, talking about the shadow wounds. So let's go back to that. Again, in childhood, if you saw a parent going through infidelity, Of course, you are going to be fearful of infidelity. Now, that's not something that I experience personally, but it's obviously something that we need to be aware of. Also, we need to be aware of the danger around like silence. So things happening that are basically outside of our control, things that other people are doing that we can't control and behavior that we can't control. Like you can't control a lot of what someone is liking on Instagram because a lot of the time, unless you get their damn password and go into their phone and go into that thing where it shows you all the photos that they've liked. Like, I don't even know if that's still a thing. That was actually like five years ago. You're not even going to know. And I never, ever, ever want any of you to be doing that unless it is literally like a make or break, like sit down and show me your phone. So it's difficult because you are working with the uncertain. You are working with the unknown. Again, if we went through childhood trauma, we like to control everything. Why do we control things? We control things so we feel safe. We all want to feel safe. There are some things we can't control. That is just one of the truths of a relationship is that we can't control the other person and we shouldn't be trying to because if we control someone else, 101 toxic relationship. There are a ton of other things that can basically lead into what we're talking about, like inadequacy, growing up with feelings maybe that you weren't the best or you weren't the best child or you were the unloved child or you didn't succeed at school or you weren't on the outside or you were never chosen for the softball team, the netball team, the gymnastics team, you were never chosen by a parent. You know, we all have such different lived experiences, but ultimately at at the core of so many of them are the same things. And this feeling of inadequacy can actually go really, really deep into even shame and defectiveness, which is like, almost this deep-rooted belief that no one will ever truly love us if they get to see the real us. And this sounds like really insanely dark and really, really sad and very dramatic, but it's definitely something that I have dealt with. And 
working through this in therapy and realizing that I just never, ever, ever kind of really thought that anyone would ever love me truly for who I am, I think kept me in some very, very emotionally unavailable relationships. Because if you never le- like let anyone into the core of who you are, you never have to face being rejected. Again, we self-sabotage because by self-sabotaging, we can control the situation. They can't hurt us because we're going to hurt them. So yeah, this inadequacy, this shame, even this defectiveness, if it shows up like in intense ways for you, can lay the foundations of feeling like you're inadequate and that someone is going to want to look elsewhere and that they should be with someone else and that you're not the one for them. So yes, before you decide how to move forward, before you decide if this is a you problem or a them problem, you need to sit with this, sit with what's coming up. You need to work out what's going on below the surface because this isn't about them liking someone else's Instagram pictures. And yes, it is to some extent, but what I mean is that there is just something going on below the surface that is deeper than what you think this is. Okay. Okay. So by now we've gone through like this three-stage process. So assess the relationship and their character, assess the context of the liking, and assess the impact on you and what is going on below the surface. Now, like I said at the beginning of the episode, I don't think there's ever a time to say like, this is a 100% me problem. I do think communication in any and every relationship is so important that I do think you should have a conversation about what is going on. But first of all, I want you to go through these three things. So the first one, if you've determined that you have a great healthy relationship and they are a great person, they fit in the no drama llama, and then you assess the context of the liking and it's just like friends or friends of friends, it's not thirst traps, it's not sexual, it's not provocative, then you can realize that they're not really the problem here. Like what they're doing is pretty within the boundaries of like, yeah, that's fine. So part three, you realize that the pain is coming from within you. There is a shadow, there is a wound, there is a trigger, there is a fear. I think it's important to sit down with them and say that to them. So, you know, if they fit into this like category one, the no drama llama, the respectful king and queen with no reason for you to doubt them, no intention behind it to hurt you, no intention behind it to embarrass you or to think that they're superior or that they can do whatever they want. I think then you can basically have a conversation with them. And I want you to run through the three stages that we've just gone through as the way to structure your conversation. So first up, you start by referring to the relationship. You basically say, I want to talk to you about something that's impacted me. Are you up for that conversation? They'll say yes. And then you say, I know that you're a no drama llama. I know that you're a respectful king or queen. I know that we have a great relationship that's based on trust and respect and communication and emotional connection. So what I want to talk to you about, I think is a me problem, but it's really important with me to share how I feel with you. Then you go into the context of the liking. So you say, I saw it when you liked Jenna's Instagram picture and you don't know her super well as she looked really pretty in that picture. So it just made me feel a little bit uncomfortable. Three, go into the impact on you. So you can say, like I said, I think this is a me thing. It makes me feel like I'm not pretty enough for you or you might leave me or I'm scared of X, Y, and Z. But what I also want you to know is that I'm really working on myself and this is something that I am navigating and managing, but it's really important that I share it with you. 
I was wondering what your thoughts were on this. Now, if they are a no drama llama, they should not want you to be upset. So you can expect some kind of like reaction like, oh my goodness, you have nothing to worry about. Thank you for sharing that with me. That's so silly. Said kindly, not demeaningly. And if they're really great, they'll literally say like, I don't want you to feel uncomfortable. I want you to feel safe. I want you to feel loved. I want you to feel respected. So I'm not going to do that again. Or I won't ever step outside the bounds of, you know, friends or friends of friends. And of course, I would never interact with someone with a first with a first trap or someone that's being provocative because that is there. Okay, so that is how you have the conversation with like the no drama llama. Now, for the red flag or the repeat offender, this is where boundaries need to come in. And I mean, boundaries can come in in that first one because you can basically say like, you know, we went through the categories, the friends, the friends of friends, the acquaintances, the strangers. You can say, I feel good when it's friends and friends of friends. But like, if it's an acquaintance or a stranger and you don't know them, it might look like you're sharing interest with them, showing interest with them. They might not know that you have a girlfriend, have a boyfriend. So I would just really appreciate it if you didn't engage with those kinds of people. Yeah, I think that's pretty fair. And honestly, when I was younger, I'd probably be like, oh, whatever. But now, as a 30-something-year-old woman that's in a very grown, healthy, stable, mature relationship, like I literally, the thought of liking another man's Instagram that's not my friend is like weird. It's like, why would I even do that? So I think that's a fair discussion to have. But yeah. Now, of course, it goes without saying, if they demean you, undermine you, any of those things, they're actually not a no drama llama. They are getting pushed into the red flag or the repeat offender category. Let's talk about those. So with the repeat offender and with the red flag, you need to be talking more about boundaries because with the red flag, they've shown you that like they are more prone to disrespecting you and I guess like just being a walking red flag. One would go as far as to say that if they're fitting into the red flag or the repeat offender category that you should just dump their sorry ass because like they are sure as shit not healthy enough for you. But if you're in those, if they are in those categories, let's just continue down this train of thought anyway, so I can help you here. But big red warning sign here, like consider, evaluate the relationship. Okay. So for these types of people, you can work through the same three-step process. You say, I'd like to talk to you about something. Communication is really important to me. Are you open to having a discussion? Hopefully they will say yes. If they roll their eyes or they're like, God, you're so much drama. Like, why do you need to have these conversations all the time? Please just put them in the fucking bin. Next, question one, assess the relationship. So you can say to them, you know, sometimes I question the trust, respect and communication in this relationship, which is why I am bringing this up. Two, assess the contents of the liking. I saw that you were engaging with X's Instagram picture. I know that you don't actually know her and she was in a bikini. This makes me feel really uncomfortable. It implies that you're interested in some capacity and honestly, it just feels disrespectful to me. Three, assess the impact on you. This makes me feel abandoned, rejected, not good enough, disrespected, whatever that is. But here, reference that this is not the first time that they have made you feel like this because that then brings us to part four, boundaries. I mean, actually, before we get to boundaries, you watch what they say here, okay? So do they validate your emotions? Like hopefully the no drama llama does. I don't want you to feel that way. I love you. 
Or do they say, grow up, get over it. I like everyone's photos. It's not a big deal. I don't even look at what I'm looking at. Stop freaking out. I can like what I want. Stop trying to control me. The importance of the response is literally critical. The response will tell you everything you need to know about a person, whether they're a healthy partner or an unhealthy partner, whether they care about your feelings, like it will tell you so much. Now, honestly here, like if they do any of those things, please, please break up with this person. And if you don't want to break up with this person, please, please go to therapy or just start on your open house therapy journey. Go to episode 11. Go to episode, the one with Will Smith, I think it's 24 or maybe 29. I'm not sure which one, but the Will Smith one. Explore why like you think, you feel it's okay to be disrespected by someone because that is not love. That is not love. For the third time, disrespect is not love. But if you do kind of get to this point where, okay, they didn't respond too badly and they say like, okay, yeah, I'm open to this. Like, I'm sorry, blah, blah, blah you can then set a boundary. And in that boundary, you can propose a boundary that feels comfortable and reasonable for you. I, I would like you to only engage on Instagram with people that you are friends with or that are in your wider friendship group and that are not provocative sexual pictures or people that you have had intimate history with. Now, this is not you being secure. This is arguably just like a fine and realistic healthy boundary. And then you watch and see if it's been communicated to them that it makes you feel uncomfortable and that behavior continues, they are breaking the boundary, at which point, again, it's another level of disrespect, another level of entitlement. And it is time to reevaluate that relationship because doing it one time is a mistake, but doing it repeatedly is a pattern. And apologies without change is honestly just manipulation. So keep your eyes wide open after you have this talk, see how they behave. And if they keep doing it, it is your time to walk. Now, as you age, I do think that like with doing the work and maturity and stability, I do think that you can get to a point that you can just trust your partner and you can just love them like without worrying about what they're doing and knowing that if they do like a female pictures post or a co-worker's post, that there is truly nothing in it. But to get to that point, you need to be having the conversations that we've gone through today. Okay, a little interlude there because my social media manager called Anjali, shout out Anjali, she just messaged me being like, your TikToks are all going viral on Instagram. And I'm like, that is so good because we never really used to post on the Instagram for open house and like, now she's helping us and everything's going really well. So yay for that. That's just like a little small win. Anyway, I digress. That is what you guys are going to do. Okay. You are going to go through those three questions. You're going to assess the relationship and their character. You're going to assess the context of the liking, and then you're going to assess the impact on you. You are then going to have a conversation with them. That conversation is going to differ depending on the type of person they are and whether you have had this conversation before. And if you need to, you can discuss a boundary or you can set a boundary. Now, if you're in the healthy part one, no drama llama relationship, you guys can work on that boundary together. You know, what works for them? Like what works for you? Like meet in the middle, work through this together, have uncomfortable discussions so you can build comfortable relationships. But remember, if you are dating a red flag or a repeat offender, you can set that boundary. They do not have 
to agree to it at all. So this is the end of my voice note from Lou. I hope that you found it helpful. I hope that you found it fun, that you just got to listen to me rambling. I swear my voice is huskier now than when I started this. Again, a reminder, if you love this, if you want more and you want to come and support the Open House mission, come and join us in Open House Premium. You get access to not only like four bonus episodes every single month, but the entire back catalogue of all of our bonus episodes, which are voice note from Lou, voice notes from Lou, plural, soundbite sessions, Q&As with Dr. Terry, bonus episodes with Dr. Terry, magic moments from all of the therapists, so much more. You also get access to the house, our community area, and a private room where you get your question guaranteed to be answered by a therapist. And as well as that, you also just get to support the mission, you know, the more that you guys support the Open House podcast, the more that I can hire a team to help me to help this grow and to just reach more people who can't get into the therapy room. So I hope you guys love this. I want to know if it worked. I want to know how it went for you in practice. DM me at I am Louise Rumble or at the Open House podcast or just come and join the premium where you get access to me all day, every day in the house. I reply to everything way way more than I do in my DMs, which are like backed and stacked and backlogged. Anyway, my voice is like about to disappear. I love you guys so much. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in again to another voice notes from Lou. You guys are the best. I love you so much. I'm sorry I couldn't take you for dumplings with me.